Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Welcome to another episode of Heart Empowered Women Radio. My name is Clarice Connolly and I am your hostess. I am so excited um, to continue to be able to do this work. The intention, if you're new to this podcast, is really to have women that have taken some sort of adversity or experience, um, you know, lived it, suffered through it, whatever it is, and really sort of come out on the other end being able to be empowered by something that so many are struggling with and that not only are they empowered, maybe they're in the new beginning phases of working through it. Maybe they've found the light at the end of the tunnel, or maybe they're totally at the other end and and actually creating something out in the world, supporting those who are where they once were. And I love while I may not identify as someone who wants to be a mother and I may not resonate with the ongoings or the understand what it all takes and entails, as I've gotten a little bit older, more and more people I know are getting pregnant and becoming mothers. And so I'm just so fascinated with the depths and the ways in which women are continuing to evolve and get supported and ask for support and I can't get enough of it. So if you are a mother, you're an aspiring mother, or you're someone who wants to support mothers and those around you, this podcast may be for you. I'm really excited to introduce my guest today, Janelle Willief. I didn't even ask how it's pronounced, but (laughs) she empowers moms to be strong and balanced in their bodies through body work self-care coaching and transformational workshops and events. She's a licensed massage therapist in Portland, Oregon, who practices Thai structural bodywork, which is a unique style of massage that creates substantial and sustainable change in the body through her own Through her Worn Out Mom to Wonder Mom program, she guides women and mothers in developing simple yet powerful tools for caring for their bodies. Aches, pains, and overwhelm are not inevitable. In fact, we have the power to transform both with simple self-care practices, and she empowers and guides mom to do so. The Wonder Mom program also just launched virtual coaching to allow moms to integrate self-care with ease. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women podcast, Janelle. Thank you so much for having me, Clarice. I I can't tell you how excited I am to be here and to share everything that I've been through and the little bit of wisdom that I have. Can now, if you wouldn't mind, could you properly pronounce your last name? (laughs) (laughs) It's Woodleaf. Ah, just as I thought. It's spelled differently. Yeah, yeah. The the I-E-F really throws people Uh. off. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Um, and I always like to throw out the website. So if you're anything like me and you're not a great speller or pronouncer, <laughs> um, you can follow along. She Janelle is located on her website, which is Janelle Woodleaf, J-E-N-E-L-L-E-W 
O-O-D-L-I-E-F.com. <laughs> so yeah. let's jump in. What has been your experience? Are you a mother? Did you just feel called to do this and work through this? What was your experience as a mother? Like how, you know, what was the pain that you had to experience or that you have experienced that got you to where you are? Let's jump in. Yeah, thank you. So yes, I am a mother. I have two little boys, uh, six and two and a half. And gosh, my, my motherhood journey has been very fulfilling and enriching, but also really challenging and heartbreaking at times. Um, and it has gone through lots of ups and downs, including going through a marriage with a partner who was struggling on his own with drug addiction and alcoholism. And I took the caretaker role very, very seriously um, to the point where I had completely lost myself. Um, through lots of circumstances um, in my marriage and with a very challenging baby and toddler. And the, uh, the idea of self-care seemed so unattainable and oh, inaccessible to me. Um, and I went through various stages of trauma during my time as a mother. Um, and what culminated was a lack of skills to care for myself and to prioritize myself. And so when I was hit with something huge and life-changing, um, being my husband suddenly leaving me um, very unexpectedly, uh, leaving me for another woman, uh, leaving me with an 18-month-old and a five-year-old. And I... I can't tell you how broken I felt in those initial few months of that experience and realizing how ill-equipped I was to love and care for myself, uh, let alone when crisis hits. And it was through, actually, that was, um, I just celebrated a year, I guess, uh, anniversary from that day that I found out about my husband's affair and he walked out and, and left. Mm -hmm. um, and so this year has been uh, an incredible journey, which I've started to refer to as broken to strong, because mm -hmm. I, I felt so unbelievably broken in those months. And it was uh, a combination of knowing that I didn't want to feel like a victim of my circumstances. And I also didn't want my children to see me as a victim. And I had to care for them uh, just as much as I had to care for myself. And it was through a radical shift in thinking about self-care and thinking about the things that I needed to do to love and prioritize myself so that I could begin to heal and begin putting myself back together and be able to build a, um, a business around supporting moms so that they're better able to handle everyday challenges of motherhood and just life in general, but to be able to build a scaffolding of support for themselves so that when crisis does hit, they don't just fall into a deep pit, which is what I really felt like happened to me uh, and are more prepared to thrive through those experiences rather than just barely getting through and just surviving. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, thank you so much for sharing 
your story. Um, I've never heard it so eloquently said and in like four minutes. Bravo. <laughs> I'm like, wow, look at you. Um, I really want to acknowledge you. I think that that's so profound. I always um, have this, you know, I play this like, man, if people are listening, they're totally rolling their eyes right now. And it's funny because I'm like, it's super easy to sound, you know, maybe quote unquote transformed or, um, you know, so eloquent because I've had, I mean, five plus years working through my trauma and experiences in life. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is all happening and has happened for you in just one year. So I love that it's so recent because that really adds sort of this like, um, yeah, that it just adds this sort of like layer of like, um, I almost feel like tenacity and strength to be able to like be where you are in only one year. Yeah. Well, and I think that there are a lot of circumstances that played into that. Um, one of them being that, you know, even though the the affair and the him leaving was very sudden and unexpected, I also had lots of years of trauma to kind of build up to that moment. And knowing that I needed a new life um, for myself and my children, I had been at home with my with my boys for six years before that. And so it was a very like real life change of, okay, mm -hmm. I, this isn't just, I, I want to build this business and it's going to be beautiful. And, but it was, I got to go back to work. Like mm -hmm. I have to support myself and my children. And I didn't want to be a victim of having to go back to a career that I wasn't fulfilled by. Um, and just a little bit of background, my, um, uh, my former career was in health policy research, and mm -hmm. I was really unhappy with it, um, right. like depression level unhappy. And so I had made a huge life shift and, and gone to massage school and studied in Thailand for a couple months and created this very new life for myself at that moment. And I gave it up um, or I didn't give it up. I put it on hold because I loved becoming a mother and I just... Mm -hmm couldn't imagine spending my time any other way. And, but I kept training and keeping up my license because I knew I would go back. Um, but I have to say that in that first couple of months, I was so terrified that I couldn't make it on my own. And I believed in myself so little that I actually did not believe that I could, that I could quote unquote, do it, that I could right. create a business and do well enough that I could support myself. And that put me in such a place of victimhood. Right. Um, absolutely. Like he's done this to me and now I can't do what I want to do. And I don't know what my life is just, you know, all of the, the noise in your head that goes through and you're feeling like a victim. And I don't know, at, at some point I just, I put my foot down and I said, no, I, I, I have so much autonomy in this, in this position that I'm not even recognizing or embracing. And, and then suddenly something shifted me, shifted in me. And I was like, you know what? No, like I can do this. I can build a business based on who I am and what I have to give and the magic that I can create in the body. And 
So it was really, it was born out of necessity because I, I had to go back to work, but it was also born out of this real desire to take charge of my life and not just be a victim of what my husband quote unquote did to me. Um, I love that. And what is the, like, I'm always curious because I imagine, you know, if you would have approached me back when I lived in Pittsburgh and I was in this traditional, like conservative working class town that I would have ever become a business owner or do anything that I'm doing, I would have been like, no, nobody I know does this. What was the, like, did you have friends that were entrepreneurs? Did you have mothers that were divorced? Did you have friends that were, you know, struggling or in the same space that you were in? Like, what was that kind of, you know, environment like around you um, at this time? Oh, that's such a good question. And I'll, I'll say first that um, my mom was a single mom um, and I watched her really, really struggle. And so I had some insight and perhaps that led to a lot of my fear initially. Um, But I also had um, my best friend had gone through a divorce the year before me. And so I had watched her go through that and she supported me immensely. And I will say that the support system that I had going into the um, experience was really strong and it only got stronger. And my mom and my sisters and my best friends. And, um, but it was really, I made a couple of really big decisions that were life changing because I did not have entrepreneurs around me. Mm -hmm. I didn't have an example of what it looked like, especially, you know, single mother entrepreneur. Like that was, so radically different from what my experience in the world was. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, joining a networking group for other moms who were um, creating and running their own businesses. And I began to see so much possibility in what mothers and women are capable of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once I began to share my story and then you know, start sharing my, my gifts. And, um, at that point was a very small vision of what my, my practice was going to be like. Um, I began to see that there was so much more possible than what I had envisioned before. Um, and then I will say also that joining that networking group, I got in touch with, um, a number of women who were really empowering, uh, one of them being a divorce coach, um, Mm. Uh, Katie Peterson uh, in Washington is a phenomenal divorce coach, and she has a 12-week program, um, weekly sessions, and I'd never even heard of a divorce coach before that, Um, Mm -hmm. and still most people don't, and uh, she empowered me so incredibly much to see the strength that I had in myself, and uh, so I like to say that I've I've made a huge transformation, but I have not done it alone. Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> the, that. The difference is that I was able to like see that I needed help and to know that I couldn't do it on my own. And um, I just kept seeking and seeking and pulling new women into my life who were supporting me and inspiring me and empowering me. And it was a, it was a, well, I, it felt like a slow process now realizing like, you know, having had a year pass, I realized how 
um, quick moving everything really actually was. But it felt so slow at the time. (laughs) Right. Well, I think that that's really important to like take some time and underline because that's, while I don't have children, um, I don't, you know, I can only imagine based on the picture that you're painting. It's kind of, you know, if you're listening, like, how can you hear, like, while your story may not be the same, you know, how can you see and hear yourself in this? And it's really, you know, what is the, you know, discomfort or the strife or the thing that's unfolding that's out of your control? Like, where are you noticing your victim or being victim or, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's really the first step of, like, what doesn't serve you? What sucks? What hurts? What's hard? you know, and like, what can you do about it? What don't you want to do about it? What is settling? Like, where are your edges? Um, and I really think, um, I love that, like noticing, like you needed support with what you wanted to create. So I always say this, and there's really this, like, you know, if you're listening and you're in the middle of Utah, you know, or you're in a place where you're like, we don't have these kind of things. Um, You know, is it just going to a networking event? See who you can find? Is it going to multiple events and, Mm -hmm. you know, meeting people that, you know, maybe just align in some sort of way, like a divorce coach. Oh, it's another Mm -hmm. coach. Got it. Um, You know, or it's someone else who's been through divorce. Cool. Right. And it's really, you know, if you look around and you don't have women surrounding you doing the things that you want to do, how can you piece them together and create that? Um, You know, and I I really always like to highlight that the difference of being stuck in create um, victim victim of your circumstances is to step into creator, right? Like, what do you want to create about it? What do you want to do about it? Um, So thanks so much for highlighting that. And I really wanted to emphasize it because I hear like, once you start to say yes to like, I'm going to do this thing and you're Mm -hmm. taking like actions moving towards that thing, it's like everything just like quickly falls like into place. Um, Mm -hmm. The more you're like willing and open and just like in that yes um, that's amazing. Thanks so much for sharing that. And also like juggling two children. Ah. <laughs> wow. So yeah. I'm like, I'm overwhelmed just listening to all this. And <laughs> my experience of moms is that it's a lot of work and most moms are, you know, a little worn out and not just as a judgment, but just sort of like, I imagine I would be too. How do we, um, support moms in developing self-care practices when they can like maybe potentially barely manage whatever's like on their plate? Yeah. Oh God. I think that's such a powerful question. The way that I see, um, I can speak from, you know, the, the years that I spent not caring or prioritizing myself, I see it as a few things. Um, One just being the permission or the lack of permission that we give ourselves to put ourselves on the front burner at the top of the priority list. It doesn't happen naturally. I think that most most moms and also most women, we were raised in this society where women are expected to be caretakers and Mm -hmm. women are expected to you know, take care of everyone else around them before themselves. And when we get into motherhood, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know if we can swear on the show, but it's effing overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, the experience is different for everyone, but I think the root of it is giving ourselves permission 
to be at the top of the priority list. And another piece of it I feel like is this nebulous term of self-care. You know, there's the the consumeristic capitalist like definition is it's go get a massage, go get a mani-pedi, go out for a girl's night. And those things never seemed accessible to me when I was a mom, right? Like it wasn't in our, in our budget to do these things. And I wasn't strong enough to say like, no, I actually need those things. Mm -hmm. But I've come to realize through my years of being an overwhelmed mom, and then through this experience of learning how to empower myself so that I can empower other moms, is that self-care is not something that we do, right? Like it's not another Mm -hmm like addition to our to-do list. Self-care is, is simply who we are and what we are, right? Mm-hmm. Not another thing that we need to do, but it's a mindset of you matter. Mm-hmm. Just, you matter more than everyone else around you. And if you have that mindset, then suddenly you start to see like, okay, I may not be able to go out for a girl's night this week, but I can take five extra minutes in the morning to do my hair because that makes me feel really good. Or I prioritize myself enough that I say, okay, in this hour, there's 60 minutes and I can either spend all of them devoted to someone else, whether that's my job or my kids or my husband or my family, or I could look at even just two of those minutes being something that is nurturing for myself right? Like it's not those bigger things that we do. It's the small, consistent things that we do that create change and give us a sense of power over our days. I love that so much. Again, like I don't have children, but I have a dog. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it's funny because I I never really kind of put two and two together because I imagine it's mostly insulting to be like, well, I have a dog. (laughs) Um, it's funny because I I had this moment in my, you know, dog momhood where I was like, wait, why do I wake up only 30 minutes before my first client? And like, why is the first 25 minutes about my dog? Like, it was like, what? I literally was like, actually, I'm going to go to the bathroom first. Like, I'm going to feed myself first. I'm then and it it's you know it dawned on me and I just laughed at myself because it's like that that thing is mm-hmm. self-care like that is like prioritizing yourself and exactly what you're saying you know mm-hmm. so I and then you know you kind of I did that for maybe the first three months that I had him um because that infant right they don't know how to talk I don't know him yet I don't know mm-hmm. what his signs are I'm just trying to make sure he doesn't pee on the rug like <laughs> And then, you know, I, the next layer was kind of like, okay, maybe I add 30 additional minutes and treating those, like those additional minutes to like do whatever I want instead of feel frenetic before I jump into a call. It's like, that's self-care. So I love the way that you kind of break it down in this really small, tangible, like bite-sized thing. That's like, oh, I could totally give myself two minutes and just like, I don't know, breathe intentionally for two minutes right it's not always about money and I love that nail piece because I'm not ever someone that's like I need to have my nails painted no I never understood it I'm like it's a total waste of money but (laughs) self-care can be you know something so much more simple in a being or an intention that's amazing that's such a cool applicable small tiny change to like practice yeah 
Well, and for me, it even comes down to like, I'm, and a lot of people are surprised by this, but I'm incredibly introverted and I, 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 it's true. Um, but I love connecting with people and, um, I have an incredible network and a circle of people around me who I couldn't imagine my life without, and I couldn't imagine my life without interacting with them. Mm. But the introversion comes out in, I need lots of recovery time. So I, you know, I'm a massage therapist, so I see clients and it's really, it's powerful work that I'm doing. And I have learned that in between clients, in between meetings, I have to create that blank space because I need time to recover and just come back to center. Otherwise I'm completely depleted. But like, you know, that's a, that's a mindset thing of knowing myself and knowing what puts me over the edge and thinking about how I can care for myself, right? Like self-care is like simply just caring for ourselves. It's not like these things that we do. It's tuning into ourselves and what ourselves need. Right. I love that so much. I, and you know, it's kind (laughs) of, it's kind of funny again. I'm just gonna just look, listen, I'm a dog mom. I'm just going to do it. (laughs) I'm just going to refer to it. Um, so it's funny because, um, you know, I'm, I'm always going to refer to myself as someone who'd probably be a terrible mom because (laughs) I hear my dog kind of do that little whimper cry thing. And it just throws me into this, like, Oh my God, what do you need? Like, why are you crying? What do you need now? Like I fed you, I pooped you, I blocked you. I, you know, and I get into this, like, total like mom guilt, you know, like what didn't I do? Or like, you know, like how else did I, you know, not take care of you? And I'm curious, like, you know, you can, um, I have my friends that are like, Clarice, he's just making noise. And I'm like, no, he needs something. (laughs) He doesn't make noise unless he, so it's so funny. Um, cause I imagine, right. A kid and a baby and they're crying and you know, maybe that's similar, maybe it's not. But I imagine you get that enough. You've got to be burnt out about it. And, you know, what do you do to sort of, what have you experienced or, you know, consult people in doing to kind of ditch the mom guilt, to work on that burnout kind of back burner thing um, and support them in, you know, their experience with that? Yeah. Uh, One of the things that I like to talk to women in my life, moms in my life, clients is it's not our job to fix everything for our children. And that's part of like where the guilt comes in, right? Like we think it's our job and our responsibility to not let our children or our dogs (laughs) suffer. (laughs) Um, And that there's always more that we can do. Right. Like if so, and, and I'll just backstory a little bit. I had an incredibly challenging infant. My, my oldest was uh, bless his heart. He's a powerful person. He's going to change the world, but whoa, it was hard. He didn't want to be, he didn't want to leave my side. He didn't want to, he didn't even want me to put him down. He, I was so affected by him crying and it just, covered me in a sense of guilt that I wasn't doing enough that I wasn't enough and to to be honest Clarice like I actually had to see a therapist because it 
like it got to the point where he needed me all night, not just all day, but all night. And I wasn't sleeping and he was struggling and I was struggling. And the therapist really worked with me on, okay, you can't fix this, Mm. support him. And like, that's our role. Like we facilitate our children growing up. We can't control all circumstances. We can't like completely take away all pain and suffering and difficult um, and challenges. And our role is to support them as they go through those and do what we can to, you know, to eliminate them. But there are things that you can't eliminate, right? Like I, I went through these exercises with this therapist of, cause my son didn't want me to put him down. And so I wasn't like doing the things that I needed to do dishes, laundry, mm-hmm. like all these basic things that we all need to do. And it was creating so much internal suffering for myself. Yeah. Felt like suffering such a failure. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like I couldn't do anything. And, uh, you know, everything, all big changes and all big transformations start with something small. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, she helped me set five minutes. I even set a timer on my phone. Uh, I was going to let him cry next to me while I did the dishes for five minutes and I communicated with him, Eden, you know, I, I hear you. I know this is really hard. I'm going to finish the dishes. I will be with you in five minutes. You know, he was right there with me. He was okay. Um, but if I stopped what I was doing and tended and cared for him, then I wasn't doing all these other things that I mm-hmm. needed to do. And, you know, and that's just, that's not even, we're not even talking about self-care. That's just basic like survival duties yeah and I like go ahead no go ahead I just that's the thing um I marvel at I know that this is probably common sense and you know maybe because of my upbringing you know you always think that there's only this one type of way and that's because of how you were raised but I I have a great friend who you know took her less than desirable upbringing and was like, I will be nothing like that. And instead picked up a million and one mindfulness motherhood books and treats her, you know, infants and toddlers like adults. And the whole narrating like this, I'm just washing the dishes. It'll take three minutes is like novel to me. I'm like, yes, that intellectually makes so much sense. And also like you're, developing that part of your child for like understanding at such an earlier age that it it's like wait why weren't we all doing that like just you know and it's I love that it's so more powerful than just what you're saying and I'm also like that still amazes me (laughs) yeah you know and I I I'm a huge researcher and reader and I always think there's more than I can do and um, but one of the the really powerful books that I read during that tough time um, was The Conscious Parent um, by mm-hmm. Dr. Shafali. Yeah. And she essentially writes that challenges that we have with our children are rooted in something that's going on within us and the ways that we react to our children's behavior and the circumstances is rooted in how we were raised and the way that we experienced the world and grew up experiencing the world. And I came to realize that I couldn't handle my son's crying because I wasn't allowed to cry as a child. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it stirred all of this stuff up in me. And once I, and it was rough, it, it was really rough. Cause I very, I just cold Turkey, um, night weaned my son and it was traumatizing for both of us because it was all night. I don't, I don't remember how many nights it lasted. It seemed like years of just crying all night because he wanted to nurse. And I mean, this was at 18 months, you know, and it was at the point where he wanted to nurse all night and I wasn't sleeping and I was falling apart. And so I just, I remember sitting with him and just hearing his cry and emanating love to him and support and talking to him, but ultimately knowing that I couldn't give him what he wanted. Oh, this is making me super emotional, even just going through this all, because it's such a powerful, I mean, motherhood, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it shakes you to the core and you're never the same person after you become a mom. It's, um, in amazing, uh, amazing ways. It's, the ultimate challenge in working on yourself. (laughs) I know I was just going to say like, it's like this childhood, like micro trauma of like not being allowed to cry. Right. And then it's being activated with this, you know, being that's codependently attached to you and physically attached to you and my like flight or fight response is like oh my gosh I would have nowhere to run I don't even know how you handle (laughs) these things like (laughs) you can't fight with a toddler so I'm already trapped and paralyzed over here and (laughs) you're forced to do this for the next whatever amount of years I can't even I like reason 1965 billion that I'm not having children, but it's like, yeah, it's like the ultimate advanced course on like personal development yes. with like no bumper rails, you know, yes. like it's just, that's just, it's excruciating. And I, and I want to, and I'm, this is kind of my segue, but it's kind of like when we have these traumas that are intense and that are and I say trauma. And so if you're kind of curious of what trauma is and, you know, Janelle, I would love your interpretation. It's just sort of, um, an experience that happens to you that is like, has like lasting effects. Like it's like wounding, it's hard, it's, you know, emotional, it's painful. Um, you know, it doesn't, I kind of, and I don't know, I apologize. I'm throwing micro trauma, but it's like, I imagine like a micro trauma is like, okay, stop crying, you know, like no more crying. I can't understand you. Stop crying. You know, it's, yeah. it's not like someone beat you or, you know, physically left you and disappeared for the world. It's kind of, you know, these things that are happening um, that aren't great. And trauma is a great way to kind of um, put a title to them so you can kind of have this levity to separate yourself from this thing that's unfolded for you. Um, what would you say your interpretation or how you kind of define trauma so that it's a tool yeah. and not sort of this thing that's terrifying? Yeah. So I've never been asked that question before. And I love the, the term micro trauma. Um, and I think that the, the thing that is um, shared between large trauma and micro trauma is that it affects our core and it mm-hmm. lives in the body, right? Like that, the, the micro trauma of not being allowed to cry as a small child left an imprint in me so that when my child was crying, it triggered it. Mm-hmm. And it, it literally affected my physical being. 
like I couldn't breathe. Like I would hear him cry and I, it literally shook me to the core. Um, and you know, big traumas do the same thing. You know, I, I've experienced PTSD in my life and the effect that it has on your physical being, because that all that, that trauma just, it, it doesn't leave the body, um, at least easily. I'm not saying you can't, you know, um, heal from trauma, but it's, it's in there and then things trigger it. And for me, like my trauma has been so visceral. Like I have Mm -hmm. such like powerful physical reactions to it and, uh, it, yeah, it's, can be debilitating. And, and that's the thing I don't know that people know. So it's kind of like if you're having a child or you've had a child or you're whatever, raising children, um, and there's just this like immense pain or immense suffering or, or, you know, anxiety or stress or whatever it is, you know, yes, it could absolutely be the circumstance, the situation, your environment. Um, it could absolutely be the like crying itself, but also like I invite you to kind of learn and listen to what we're talking about of like, where might it be also like the crying triggers this old memory, right? Like your old experience where, you know, um, I kind of hear in what you're saying, like my mom, you know, never really did self-care and my mom's Venezuelan and there's a lot of, um, you know, you, you, there's just anger, right? There's just very spice, right? And anytime there's any kind of thing happening, my mom, now that I've learned and put words to it, just emotionally abandoned me. Like anytime I needed anything, yeah. she was too wrapped up in her own, you know, world to emotionally be there for me. So when I hear, when I'm, when I'm responding to you, I'm like running to run. I'm like, whoa, how much did she probably just run? Like, got yeah. it. Ooh, learn behavior, right? So it's, those are the things that give you these access points to like when things are hard or someone needs you emotionally and you don't have the capacity or the bandwidth or you're burnt out or full to the brim or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, this is, this is what we're pointing to. So how can you hear yourself in that? And the, the segue that I'm really, you know, kind of interested in jumping into, and I don't know you as a listener, if you know, but these things, these trauma, these micro traumas, these um, experiences, they actually get stored in our body. And that storing in our body could be, and, you know, Janelle, absolutely want you to jump in on this, you know, um, aches in your back and your hips or your hip flexors or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I would love to know, like, let's just jump into this. Cause I really think yeah. this is important and I don't think enough people are talking about it. Like, what does it mean to have this stuff live and manifest as knots or, you know, whatever it is. And let's jump in. Yes. Well, my, my first thought is to share my experience as a body worker and mm-hmm. the, I can't tell you how many times this has come up with, I, I work almost exclusively with women um, and a lot of mothers and how much trauma we hold in our pelvis and the releasing that happens when I work on the pelvis is intense. I mean, I've had, I've had clients literally say I was just like super down for like days and dealing with all these emotions and not really understanding it. And like body work is so powerful because you are, um, you know, you're laying down, you're relaxed, you're, you finally given the the opportunity to check in with your body and suddenly all that stuff like comes up with someone who's you know the therapeutic touch even just having someone put their hands on you 
um, opens that stuff up. And it's almost like I, as a body worker, have the ability to bring that stuff to the surface simply by therapeutically touching you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that because I even want to break it down simpler. Like body work is just like someone working on your body. (laughs) And (laughs) so um you know I love trying to kind of like create an example um you know it's like if you have had maybe a sexual trauma or just um like a micro trauma where someone you know took advantage of you and you know you have a bubble right like you have a space where it's safe to have people in and then unsafe to have people in maybe it's six inches too close or one foot you know I'm a very close talker. So some people, they get sort of triggered when I'm a foot too close, uh, you know, and um, it's like if someone comes up to you and and puts their arm on your back without having had permission, you know, you're kind of like, oh, that, that pins and needles or you're sitting down and someone puts their hand on your lap, right? So it's kind of that phase of like if you have a response to someone touching you somewhere and it doesn't need to be sexual, right? Um, yeah. That's the thing. So, you know, a lot of it, um, is stored and we may not know. So what are some of the things when people touch your body or are too close, like that you notice and can hear that like pop up for you? Um, cause that could be someplace to look right. To get some work done. Yeah. One of the things that's um, pretty unique about the practice that I run is I, I can create a lot of change in someone's body muscularly and and energetically and all those things, but there's so much healing that has to happen when they're not in my room. And, but having the tools to be able to do that, to release that, um, all of those triggers at home on their own. So I, I teach simple things like how to use a therapy ball to release tension in your glutes, like how to use a foam roller to relax your calves, like, you know, just examples. And that kind of, that kind of healing that comes on their own, you know, in home, um, it, it expands the effectiveness of my body work so incredibly. And it also allows for the healing to take place, not by having someone else do it for them, right? They become part of that process of tuning in with their body and listening and healing themselves. I love that because I, it's so, it's so cool. Um, I haven't gotten a massage in a very long time, but I'm an avid massager and I love it so much. And you kind of had this whole level of like understanding to it. So if you're kind of relating to like your knots in your shoulder or knots in your back, wherever they live. Um, so knots as in maybe it's tight and feels yucky and crunchy, whatever words work for you. Um, it's kind of like, they're not just like a physical knot of again, lactic acid, not going to pretend like I know, but it's also kind of like an emotional knot. Like how is that holding like your stress or your history or your past experiences or your troubles or the things that you're carrying or that's weighing you down or your traumas. And then to have someone push on it or for yeah. you to push on it. I'm like this drinking water after your massage takes on a whole nother level. Cause you are not only flushing like the physical things, but the energetic things, the emotional things, like, wow, how interesting. Yeah, it's very, very powerful. So what is the, so I love this too, like for those that, you know, maybe don't have the extra money to spend on a massage every week. Um, I love the like 
thought of like, oh, go to a massage once a month. And then, you know, here's these practices to like also go home and try for yourself. What's sort of um, like, thanks for your generosity. (laughs) Thanks. Um, What are some other tools that you've created or that you like to um, support other women with uh, so that they can really take these on for themselves? Yeah. Oh, I love that question because I, I, I do a lot of thinking on that. And a big part of what I do is, is education, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, not just teaching someone about their body, but empowering them to take back the, the power that they have over their own body and the way that their body feels. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting into this even more with I can see clients individually and that's fantastic. Like it's so powerful to be able to sit with someone and say uh, the simple thing of, okay, you're feeling this pain right here in your body, but just, you know, massaging that spot is not necessarily what's going to create the most change. It's, you may have the pain here, but actually the tightness is over here. Mm -hmm. And so being able to give someone the tool of, okay, where do you use this therapy ball in order to really create the structural change in your body that will take away that pain rather than just massaging it and making it feel good for a moment. Um, but I love, I, love the, that. I love the question because it's something that I'm really like developing. And, you know, you mentioned my, my virtual um, program is that it, the heart of what I do is, and the real just magic and and gift in the world that I feel is the hands-on therapeutic massage that I give. However, that isn't accessible to everyone. Um, It's not, I mean, I'm only one person and I'm in Portland and, but there's so many things that I can give people that help them deal with those issues on their own at home with just a few simple tools and being able to integrate them into their daily routine so that it's not you don't have to go get a weekly massage. Um, Mm. You know, the caveat that I would love for you to get a weekly massage. I would love to be able to be a part of that process. And for some clients, that's very appropriate. Um, But it is not necessary to taking control of your body. Like Mm. what's more important is the small things that we do consistently, right? Like consistency is what creates change. It's not the things that we do occasionally. It's not getting an occasional massage. It's getting a massage because that is a really powerful kind of reset. And it's a powerful way to, I mean, you work with an expert who understands the body and understands structure, but then in order to actually maximize those benefits, you need to work on your own, right? Like you need to be a part of the process to healing your body, but knowing what to do is most of the battle. Right. Absolutely. So you are amazing. We're mm. coming to Halloween and obviously a month from now will be Thanksgiving and the and Christmas. I mean, we're approaching the holiday season. I know there's so much panic and fear that comes with these things. How can you you've got this three-step guide to thriving through the holidays? Let's let's what is this? What do we got? How do we get involved? How do people find it? Yes. Um, so I'm putting it on my website and I would love to have people, you know, check it out and let me know what they think. Um, you can follow me, follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's Janelle Woodleaf is my, my handle, right? That's what they call it. The Instagram. Yeah, okay. totally. <laughs> and I share a lot um, through my Instagram. I actually just love that platform. Mm. Um, 
And, you know, the thing that I like to remind people about the holidays is, is even good stress is still stress. Like our body still experiences the, the same level of, uh, you know, cortisol level rises and all of those things, even when it's exciting stuff, right? Like we've got family coming in, we've got all these activities that we want to do, but even through all of the good stuff, we still have to remember to take moments out for ourselves and still practice those goal setting for the, the day, practice your goal setting for the week of how you're going to prioritize yourself. How are you going to fit in the things that are non-negotiable for you, right? Like I have a set of things that are absolutely non-negotiable and, you know, things like exercise and meditation and the, you know, the, the self-massage that I do, like those are non-negotiable. Like they're on my plan. I don't question. It's a more a matter of how do I fit this in rather than do I have time to fit this in? And we all have, you know, different non-negotiables, but those become so much more important when we have times of stress, even when they're good, exciting things that are stressful. Right. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that. It's almost like, um, who doesn't love a checklist? Like, where are Mm. you on your checklist? Right. (laughs) Like, yeah. And putting yourself on there and then creating it from this, like, okay, new place. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, anything else that you're up to that we should know about that we can get people supported in and have them like reach out to learn more about? Yeah. So, um, something that I have been, you know, it's a, a passion of mine is supporting women and moms going through divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, such a, I mean, we talk about motherhood being like, you know, life altering divorce and especially most divorces nowadays are really difficult. Um, and I'm still, you know, really um, developing what that is, but I do have a, a Facebook group that is, is, is all centered around support for divorcing and divorced moms. Um, and that's uh, Stay Strong Mamas. And mm-hmm you know, really putting out, um, exactly what that is, is, is something that I'm still, you know, processing. Right. Um, but that is at least a central hub for where we share and where I can make a difference one-on-one with people, um, with moms, you know, dealing with a very specific issue that man, I'm going through divorce. is like, you know, like it's so much pressure. It's so much stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, can't even imagine. Oh, Ah, it's been such an incredible um, opportunity to get to learn more about what you're doing. Thanks so much for taking, you know, the things that have unfolded for you and like really just being so witness to it, taking notes and like so generously sharing it with the world. Like, I imagine it's so easy to find the thing that works for you, but to turn it around, make it into a business, create this opportunity to t- tend to care for your children in this way, and then to share it with the world. Like, that's so empowering. Thanks for being so inspiring. And thank you, Clarice, for giving me this opportunity and for seeing me and hearing me and mm-hmm loving me. I mean, I can't tell you like how meaningful that is to be able to have someone ask me these questions and really, you know, have it resonate with, with your life in your own, in your own ways. And 
I'm just, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I know. And that's the thing, you know, when you're listening, you, you don't need to have to be a mom and maybe you're an aspiring mom, or maybe you're seven months pregnant, or maybe you're a dog mom. You know, there's so many ways to listen and there's so many ways to relate. And, you know, maybe you don't even have a dog, but I'm like, man, I'm stressed. I need to get a massage. Like I need to get moving. And also like, how am I able to create community in other ways and expand, you know, the communities that I've already created? Um, It's been such an honor and a pleasure. Is there any sort of last thought that you want to leave with our listeners? Any quotes or things that, um, you know, you always refer to that have always um, or have or can carry you through what's going on? Mm, Well, I love the choose you for two concept. Mm. The idea of, you know, there are 60 minutes in the hour and thinking consciously about taking two of those minutes for yourself. You know, two minutes is relatively insignificant, but yet it's very powerful. And if we're doing that throughout the day, the cumulative effect is incredible. And so I, I really, I love that mindset and I love empowering women with that permission and the reminder that it is important for us to take those just two minutes for ourselves. I love that. Thank you so much. It's been another phenomenal episode of Heart Empowered Women. Please, as always, like, share, subscribe, share with your friends, what you took away from this, what's coming up for you. Um, We get to be the change that we want to see in the world. And that can happen with one conversation with a close friend. Um, Thanks for taking the self-care time to listen to this podcast. Like that's self-care and continuing to expand and build your curiosity. Um, That really is what fuels the fire. If you're interested in learning more about Janelle and connecting with her, please find her on her website, Janelle Woodleaf, J-E-N-E-L-L-E-W-O-O-D-L-I-E-F.com. And you can find her with the same handle for LinkedIn. Um, Her email is Janelle.Woodleaf at Gmail. Handle for Twitter is Janelle.Woodleaf. And Facebook forward slash Woodleaf Power. You can find me on youraccountability.coach. Check out my new website. I created it myself. Talk about empowering. It was the hardest thing. (laughs) God bless everybody that does this for a living. Oh boy. And tune in for next week. We're going to jump into another incredibly empowering woman who's talking about important things out in the world. Thanks so much for joining us, Janelle. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye. And we're done. Okay. Wow. That that was amazing. Thank you so much. Yay. Um, Yes. Absolute pleasure. Um, I reworded your little synopsis bio thing that you gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, just it was a little long. I think I didn't do very good at making it shorter, but I'm gonna send it to you in the chat window real quick. If you okay. can look at this, yes. Um, it's really only supposed to be five to six sentences. I'm the best run-on sentence you've ever yeah. met. <laughs>
<laughs> so technically, let's say five. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Boom. <clears throat> You're sending it in. I basic. send it in the chat, this chat, the Zoom chat. Oh, oh okay. Um, let's see. Oh, there we go. Yes, no, chat. Okay. Um, Hmm. Yes. Perfect. Yes, that's lovely. Thank you. Um, and then these are the bullet points I've created based on what we talked. Oops, should also be 10. I think that's 10. 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Great. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. I'm actually going to take the definition of choose you for two mindset. Okay, cool. And then um, in theory, this will be, um, oh, this might be a minute. I'll let you know when this posts. I post um, bi-weekly and I think that um, I've created a little bit of a backlog since you jumped in. Um, so maybe by like the end of November, I think is when I'm at. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you. I'm trying to get it out right before Thanksgiving, actually. That would be probably supportive. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you so much.